Welcome to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. We have a heart for you, sister, and a God-sized vision that you become a mighty, awe-filled woman of God who knows, believes, and shares God's Word in your areas of influence. And so we fervently pray Colossians 3, 16 through 17 over you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. This is your host, Jillian, and I am sitting here with one of my very best friends, Grace Jones. Hello, Grace. Hi, I'm glad to be here. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in Dayton, and your God-given roles right now. Yeah, so I have been in Dayton um, 11 years now, I guess. Um, I came here, I grew up in Pittsburgh and came here to go um, to school at the University of Dayton. And then after school, um, God blessed me with um, my dream job. And so that's doing marketing at Dayton Children's. And um, so I started working there. And about six months later, I met my husband on a blind date. And he's from Dayton, so now I'm from Dayton. So, um, so we've been married um, four years now, and um, I still do marketing for Dayton Children's, uh, which I which I love very much. Which she is awesome at, (laughs) and I get to watch her do her thing, and it's so so fun. What's the most fun thing you've done recently at your job? Um, we just recently opened our new patient tower, so we got to have a bunch of events. We had six events in seven days, and it just was awesome to get to do that, and I have an awesome team, and being able to be creative and work with awesome people. Yeah, so fun to watch you in your element, for sure. <laughs> so Grace and I have known each other for how long now? Seven years, maybe, Seven think, years. Something like that. So we go way back, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know we were going to be doing a recording today. (laughs) Surprise! So Grace, tell us a little bit about how this came about today. Um, So we, so like I said, my husband and I have been married for four years, um, for about two and a half of that, so half our marriage at this point, um, we have been trying to start a family, and... um, for reasons unbeknownst to us, we have not yet been blessed um, with a child that we've gotten to hold. Um, we did have one pregnancy and had a miscarriage. And um, and so just, you know, the past two and a half years, just walking through infertility and miscarriage, um, it's been an interesting um, journey to say the least. Um, and so last spring, so it's end of September right now when we're recording this in 2017. Um, So this past spring, I kind of felt the Lord pricking my heart with this idea, but I really kind of ignored it. Um, And then we got pregnant. And so I, you know, was like, okay, well, so much for that. Um, And then we had our miscarriage. And and so then just recently, I've just kind of felt him putting this idea on my heart again of, 
just sharing our story um, through the Dating with Them in the Word podcast. I think that, you know, I love when I can hear stories of people um, who are on the other side of suffering and that they can look back and have hindsight be 2020. And I just thought, or the Lord is putting my heart of like, you know, I want you to share this story in the midst of suffering. Um, and, you know, I, I, so I brought the idea to Jillian and she said, let's do turned, it today. <laughs> and then I turned on the microphone because so. I think, you know, I was saying like, we don't know, you know, what's going to change for, for Grace and um, just that it's, this is where she's at right now. And um, I know this is where many of you are at right now. And so I'm just so um proud and humbled that she is willing to share this with us today. Um, so what do you want others to know about, you know, your walk right now with the Lord going through this struggle? Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'll also just say that like, I hate to even use the word my goal, but I think where the Lord put this on my heart was tell the story now in the midst of suffering and then come back and tell it when he's answered some of that prayer and then come back and tell it, you know, it might be a year from now. I don't know. Um, but being able to, to see where the Lord takes that. And so, um, you know, I, I think, um, it's so hard when we're, when we're suffering or going through something to just feel like we're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was telling a, a girlfriend recently, you know, she was texting me. She's like, you know, you have your tribe around you and, you know, you're not alone. And I was like, I know that. And yeah. yet I feel alone 98% of the time. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, you know, for others who might be out there listening and feeling that, like, I feel you and I know where you're at and, um, and it's hard. Um, and I think that something, you know, recently that the Lord has just given me strength in because it's only his strength is just trying to call Satan out on that. Hmm. Um, you know, and being able to realize like, you know, that it is, it is Satan that makes me feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm not truly alone. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's a huge thing that when we are in the midst of suffering, of being willing to to look at that and make that assessment, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, what brought you um, in those moments? Like, tell us how do you how do you call Satan out on that when you are in the midst of it? And what are times that it has? you know, maybe gone well, or maybe times that it hasn't gone well can let us into what that looks like. Yeah. Um, you know, there are a lot of days where I do not feel like praying, where I do not feel like reading the word, where I do not feel like worshiping or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And I'll be honest, you know, there are a lot of days where I don't do those things because I don't feel like doing them. And, you know, I think it's, it's easy for me to, you know, look at other people and be like, oh man, like, you know, when they're suffering, they're so good at, you know, reading the word or getting on their knees or calling out to the Lord. And it's like, let's just be honest. We don't always feel like doing that. And we don't always, you know, 
make that a priority because it's really hard. Um, and so, you know, but, but on days when I have had days where I do not feel like doing that, I don't want to. And so I, but I force myself, I say, get on your knees and pray or in your car or whatever. And then I'll just play Christian music and, um, you know, and even, and you know, I'd be lying if I said, oh, and then I do that. And all of a sudden I feel better. You know, I would be lying. That's not, it, it's not magic. Um, you know, but, but it does, it does make me feel a little less alone. Mm. Um, you know, and I also think that, you know, I may not feel the rewards that right in that moment, but I know that it's a defense against what Satan's trying to do in my life. Yeah. Um, so if, if anything, it's like, um, like battleground. Yeah. Yeah. And you're entering into that. So I am thinking about like, you know, just the other day she texted me and she's like, you know, today is just one of those days where I don't feel like doing it, but I just did it anyway. And that, um, just even, challenges my faith to to do it anyway like with you you know um so what passages in the word are helping you right now or that have over the course of this two and a half year you know walk um have impacted you and your faith um so you know even through this journey of suffering um, you know, I've, I've seen the Lord at work, um, and it was neat, like back in, um, I don't know, February or March, the Lord just, I just kind of kept having this sentence in my head, um, which might sound silly, but I just kind of kept having the sentence recurring in my head of what do we do when we're waiting on a miracle? Hmm. Um, you know, we, we see in scripture, we know in scripture that God performs miracles, um, but what are we supposed to do when, when we're waiting on that, when we're waiting for something to happen? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had this sentence in my head for a while before I did anything about it, and finally I was like, oh, I can't get this out of my head. I need to like do something. So I was like, I'm just going to start studying the miracles in mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of started studying them, and then it was really neat because it was um, – during Advent or Lent, I mean, sorry. And our, our church does like Wednesday night services during that. And our pastor Mm -hmm. was doing a series on miracles of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so the timing was just really interesting. And then maybe a few weeks later, I follow, she reached truth on, um, Mm -hmm. Instagram and they posted that they had come out with this miracles of Jesus study. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, like, um, God's repeating himself. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that study and I reached out to a girlfriend, um, who I knew was going through some suffering as well. And we just started meeting and, um, just, just studying the miracles. And, um, and so while, and a bunch, you know, stuck out to me, um, there were two that really made an impact. Um, so the one, and it's in different gospels, but the one that I have here is from Mark 1, 40 to 42, and it's um, healing of the leper, a man with leprosy. And so it says, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are well, if you are willing, you can make me clean, he said. 
Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Um, and that one just really stuck out to me because I um, thought it was interesting that the man says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Um, so he wasn't going to Christ being like, you need to do this. Um, he was, but he trusted that he knew Christ could do this. Um and I just, I, when I was looking at this and reflecting on this, I felt like he was humbly begging, mm-hmm. which kind of feels like an oxymoron, you know, like how do I humbly beg for something? Mm-hmm. But it says, you know, he was down on his knees begging, mm-hmm. but he still said, if you are willing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times that has been my prayer and it's a hard prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's because I want to just say, just do this and, Um, and I forget that, you know, that it's God's timing. Um, and so that if you are willing part, I thought was really, um, important of that story. And then, um, the other one is, um, Luke 5, 17, 26. And this is when he, the paralytic, um, gets brought through the roof. And so it says, on one of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven. And then it goes on um, and Jesus eventually, you know, has the man walk again. Uh, But what stuck out to me about that one is that he says, because of their faith. And so, you know, really he's talking to the friends and we don't really know how many friends there were and we, and we don't know the faith of the paralytic. Um, but it was because of his friend's faith. And, um, and that just was really powerful to me in um, the Lord just, you know, telling me to reach out to people um, that I'm, even when I feel alone. Yes, that's Matthias. We have Matthias with us too. Yeah. Hi. He's just hanging out. Yeah. He might talk to us a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's okay. What do you think, bud? So I know, you know, you looking at that passage affected how you were interacting with your friends regarding your current suffering. Will you kind of let us into how, how did that affect how you how you are updating people or how you are um, inviting them into the struggle with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, and I think that no matter what type of suffering you might be going through, whether it's, you know, like for me, infertility and miscarriage or, you know, a death or a loss of a job or whatever, I think it's easy for us to feel, and I, you know, I often feel like I don't want to bring it up because I feel like a broken record and I feel like, um, I'm a burden and certainly they, you know, must be thinking, oh, she's still, we're still talking about this. Um, and you know, I, I've been blessed that I've had friends, you know, reaffirm in me. I don't feel that way. Um, and I think that that's, 
important, um, you know, if you do have a friend who's suffering, just reminding them like they are never a burden and that they, um, you know, that you are there when, you know, if they want to talk and, and you're also there if they don't want to talk and they just want to do something else or whatever, you know, and, um, and I think that that's really important, but, you know, for me remembering, like, I need other people, I need other people praying for us. Um, I, I do because, you know, I'm, I'm weak and I'm exhausted by this and I'm exhausted, um, by fighting alone. Um, and I, you know, and so just having that reminder of like, you know, calling on other sisters, um, and brothers and, you know, our pastor and other, you know, people at our church or whoever, um, to fight alongside us, I think is, is just critical. And I think it's the way that God intended the body, you know, to bear one another's burdens, you know. And I don't think, you know, even he also said, like, my yoke is easy, my burden is light because, like, we, he gives us one another and he gives us himself. And, yeah. And... Like, I think it almost, when you don't allow others, like, in, not like you have to let everyone in, but it also does us a disservice in a way, like, and because we can't grow our faith alongside of how God's growing your faith, because it grows both of us together, um, even if we don't have the same struggles, you know, we, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think God does that on purpose, because, like, if we we're both going through the same thing, then we wouldn't necessarily be able to carry one another in those times when one um, really needs the other and vice versa. Um, and so, like, I don't know, it's it's cool to see even Grace being affected by that, that passage of being lowered down to Jesus. You know, like, Grace told me that parable and like told me about that when she told me she was pregnant. And then, you know, um, after walking through miscarriage, you know, she's still like believing in that, like leaning on the other's faith, but it's, it's like still ministering to her, you know, now, um, you know, on having not been able to hold that baby. And so, I don't know, it's just, it's cool to see how the the word in the same passage, it God's using that in your heart. Yeah, I yeah, think. absolutely. Stage, so. Yeah. How has this affected your walk then with friends? Particularly, you know, I'm thinking Grace is the party thrower out of our friends. <laughs> She threw my baby shower and, you know, that's kind of like who she is and who God created her to be is to celebrate with others. And I know it's been really like tough walking with you the past, you know, as you guys have been trying to, you know, navigate those situations with your sisters in Christ. Can you tell us a little bit more about how God's been, um, you know, 
working in you through you helping you through those moments in particular yeah um I think that's been one of the hardest parts um which I not that you like expect to be in this situation or expect anything out of it but I guess you know unexpected that like um, you know, I do. I love to celebrate. I love to celebrate others. I love just any type of celebration. It is, you know, a joy in my life to, you know, to celebrate with people. Um, I always think of that, like that passage in Romans that says rejoice with those who rejoice mm-hmm. and weep with those who weep. That's you. Like, that's <laughs> when I think of grace, that's her verse. Um, and so it's been really hard to, not feel like I can celebrate um, to the level that I want to celebrate others because I'm in pain. Um, And I don't want anybody to ever feel like, I don't want any of my friends to ever feel like they can't tell me the exciting things in their life or, you know, I don't want anybody to hold back. Um, But I also, you know, can't control, you know, I can't just make myself not, feel pain, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I, when I hear that someone else is pregnant. Um, and, and so, you know, just, um, because it's certainly not an anger towards any of my friends. It's not, you know, at all. And, you know, because I love them and I'm so excited for, for them and for, you know, that life and, um, but it hurts still. And so it's been, you know, I don't think that I have an answer to that of like, you know, um, how to, how I've effectively figured out how to manage that. Um, you know, because it's just, it's just hard. Um, and, but, you know, um, also knowing like, I know that those friends are going to will celebrate with me. Um, and so I want to celebrate with them. Um, and I think that that's, you know, a beautiful thing. And Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's actually in a really funny way, but I was telling one of my single girlfriends this recently that like, um, in a weird way, like this experience has given me a new heart for, for, for some my single girlfriends, mm-hmm. um, cause even though it's a different struggle, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's similar in a lot of ways mm-hmm. as far as like just being a woman at this time in life and, you know, you're looking around and, you know, you may be, you know, 30 and still single and all your friends are married and starting families. And, you know, and that, that pain is real too, yeah. you know, and, um, and, you know, just as, it's painful when someone, you know, tells me that they're pregnant and I still want to celebrate for them. It's painful, you know, if you're single and someone gets engaged and, you know, and all that. And so, like I said, even though it's a different struggle, um, it is, I, I have often thought of that, um, through this and it's given me a new heart for, for those women in my life. So. Well, thank you for letting us in. Is there anything else you want to share with our listener at this point? Um, I think that the only other thing is, um, you know, this isn't a verse, but um, I feel like the Lord has just given me this song um, through this process. Um, it's a it's a newer song. I think it came out, I don't know, in the spring or summer. Um, I think it's just called Hills and Valleys, um, mm-hmm. but it's on like, 
K-Love and Erwan and all that kind of stuff. But I, the guy's name is like Tor- Taryn Wells or something like that. I don't know. Look up God of Hills and Valleys. But I just love, I just will read like just like the chorus. And it says, On the mountains I will bow my life to the one who set me there. In the valley I will lift my eyes to the one who sees me there. When I'm standing on the mountain top, didn't get there on my own. And when I'm walking through the valley end, no, I am not alone because you're the God of the hills and valleys. Um, and that song has just been such a godsend because where I've also feel like I struggle is that like um, feeling like, okay, I have some other really, really good things going on in my life. And so how do I... Um, you know, but sometimes in those moments, I'm like, man, I would give up this good thing in a second if that meant that I could get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, just feeling that peace from the Lord of like, sometimes like, I feel like I'm on a hill within a valley, (laughs) but like he is, he is the God of both Mm -hmm. and we are not always just in a valley or just on a hill. Sometimes Sometimes we're on in and on both, which yeah. feels contradictory, but it's true. Yeah. Um, and I just love those words. It's like, you know, in those moments when I'm on the mountain, like I'm going to bow my head. And when I'm in the valley, I'm going to lift it um, because I didn't get there on my own and I'm not alone. Um, and that has just been a really um, special song. And I feel like it's funny um, it always ends up playing on the radio, like at the exact moments I need it. Like I'll get in my car mm-hmm. and I'm having a bad, you know, day and I just turn on the radio and it's in the middle of that song. Like it's very rarely that I put that song on on purpose. Um, it's always just in the right moments and, um, and it just, it's a very beautiful song mm-hmm. too. So go and listen it. to it. <laughs> I love it. You know, maybe one more question would be kind of how could, how could other believers come alongside someone who's suffering in the in-between like this, you know, particularly with infertility, um, you know, and miscarriage, what would you say to other sisters in Christ? Yeah. Um, well, I was sharing this with Jillian earlier that um, there's actually something from another Dating Women in the Word podcast. Um, I think it was your friend Caitlin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she shared about her um, miscarriage on the podcast. And and she just had some really awesome um, words of wisdom that I've just really taken to heart and have shared with others. You know, she just said, you know, when someone's going through something like that, to not be afraid to ask them how they're doing. And because a lot of times we're afraid to ask somebody because we're afraid that we're going to remind them and that we're going to, you know, they're having a good day and we're going to remind them. Well, you're not just going to remind somebody like they're already thinking about Mm it. Mm -hmm. Um, a day, you know, I mean, yes, like as time has passed since my miscarriage, I think about that less and less, but a day does not go by where, um, I'm not thinking about, you know, my infertility struggle and, mm-hmm. um, and I may not always want to talk about it, but, yeah. um, you know, just, I, I feel like it never hurts to send someone a text and say, I'm thinking of you or I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that is, that has changed, you know, how I've thought about, you know, friends and just, you know, reaching out and saying that. And, um, and I think that that's, 
that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other thing, I had a really sweet moment with a girlfriend a few weeks ago. Um, the, she didn't know that I was going through this, and I um, and I shared it actually at a Bible study. Um, and she took me aside afterwards, and um, we uh, we have a a group outing in a few weeks, um, and they were going to do a big announcement saying they were pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still are going to do that. Um, but she took me aside and said, you know, I want to tell you this now so that you're not blindsided, you know, when we're at this fun weekend with friends. Yeah. Um, and having to process all that there. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like that meant the world to me. Um, and that was totally the Lord, you know, cause like I wasn't even going to share that night and I just, I just did. And, um, and, and that just meant the world to me. And then she even asked, like, you know, she's like, you know, you're not my only friend who's dealing with this. And so, and I've been wondering, like, even, you know, about posting on Facebook my announcement and, you know, what should I do? And I said, you know, post it. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't want people to not, I want people to, you know, like, don't not celebrate because yeah. of that. You yeah. know what I mean? But, you know, but being cognizant and thinking about, you know, others and how, you know, how you say things. Yeah. I think is important. And then my other thing would be, don't ask any woman um, when she's thinking about having kids. Mm. <laughs> Just don't do it. Mm-hmm. I had my dental hygienist ask me and wouldn't mm-hmm. let it go, and I switched dentists. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> I applaud that decision. I was like, I'm not doing this. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, it's just a little thing, but, yeah. like, it's it's a very awkward situation when someone that I'm not close with yeah. asks me and, you know. So, yeah, um, that would just, that's just words of wisdom. Just don't yes. ask women when they're trying to have kids because yes. you don't know what they're going through. Yeah. They may not want kids. They may be having infertility. They may be pregnant and not ready to tell you yet. You just don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's encouragement both for, you know, the sister who's like going through it, but also the, a lot, you know, for those who are coming alongside, just like be sensitive in like what we're we're saying but don't be afraid to still like like ask about you know I think that you know that writing that line I think is what in some ways make people not want to ask at all yeah you know because they don't want to be insensitive but like it is like I so appreciate your friend just like knowing you have that struggle and just thinking through what that means in your like future get togethers. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was definitely a blessing because I told her like, I mean, I know if she hadn't done that and we got to that, like I would have shut down. Yeah. Um, and you know, and that's not, that wouldn't have been on her. That would have been on me, but it definitely, um, was a blessing. So Yeah, yeah. And now you'll be able to, you know, still enjoy that weekend as well yeah. instead of like having to fight within yourself and feeling that loneliness again like you were like yeah. describing yeah. earlier. Well and I feel like I will genuinely be able to celebrate yes with everyone else that's there learning the news. Yeah. Because I have prepared. Yes. <laughs> so Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. awesome Grace. I love you girl. I love you. So right, we'll check back in. Yeah. In unforeseen amount of time. Unforeseen amount of time. But the Lord, you Trusting know, I the trust Lord the Lord's going to work. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks.
We are back here for our second interview with Grace, who really created the time-lapse series by (laughs) her uh, brilliant idea and where God had uh, brought her to in that season of her life. And I listened to the interview on the way, um, the first interview on the way to the podcast recording this morning. And Grace, we recorded that on September 30th of last year. I know, it's really crazy. And it is... March 20th of 2018. So is that six months? Uh, almost. Almost, yeah. Almost, yeah. Um, almost six months I later. Guess exactly. Almost exactly six. Yeah, yeah which is bizarre because that's yeah. kind of the, the goal that we're shooting for with this whole series. We recorded that in my uh, dining room, and now we're here in Apex Studio. And I'm wondering, Grace, if you could just update our listeners on um, – where God has brought you in the last six months since we talked there. Yeah. Um, well, I think to say that God has rocked my world in the past six <laughs> months would probably be an understatement. Hmm. Um, so last time, you know, we were talking about um, just my struggles with infertility and miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so since that time, I am now pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this uh, at the recording, I'm uh, a little over 14 weeks. Um, and so that's just really exciting. Um, but, you know, that wasn't that didn't come necessarily easily mm-hmm. um, in the past six months. Um, still went, you know, the the following two months probably after that we recorded that were still just really, really hard. Um, and then in December, um, I actually ended up having a surgery to, to just correct some of the problems that I was having. Mm-hmm. Um and which ultimately led to to me being able to conceive, which is such a blessing. <laughs> how the Lord used that, um, but you know, it's it's interesting looking back because the holidays were just really hard. Mm. Um, and in hindsight, <laughs> I was actually already pregnant at Christmas, um, but I did not know that mm-hmm. and wouldn't know it for a few more weeks. Um, and yet, you know, I just. They were just really hard because I just kept thinking about how far along I should have been with the baby that we lost or how if we had gotten pregnant when we first started trying that I would have had a two-year-old or, you know, all these things. And um, and so it's just, you know, really interesting. Um, and then most recently, um, our due date would have been uh, March 3rd for the baby that we lost. And it was that same weekend that I was entering my, you know, 12th week of pregnancy with this baby. So kind of jumping over that, you know, first big hurdle, um, with this pregnancy and, um, cause we definitely had been walking on eggshells and still do to an extent, you know, every day, but, um, it's just been really neat to see, you know, just those little glimpses of the Lord's timing in, in each of these moments with this little peanut that we are so excited to meet in September. I know. My goodness. Like, like, first of all, praise the Lord. And <laughs> I've just been um, humbled to be able to watch what God has done. And when we interviewed for this the first time, Grace said to me, I told her I wanted to release it on the week of Mother's Day. And she said, you've got a whole lot of hope for that <laughs> Mother's Day. And I just told her, like, I don't know what God has in store, but 
I'm expectant for you in whatever way that would mean, like whether that would be like God would um, do a work um, in and through you, whether or not that meant you would have a, a child within you or a child to hold. Um, so I just, it's beautiful to see that, um, that, that creation of life and also to see that like we have a we literally have a stone of remembrance mm. from the time of that first interview to like now here like six months later on um on the faith that we can carry each other through those like hard times and what that looks like so this is coming out now and there are there are people listening and they're hearing both your your uh, uh, hill and your valley. Yeah. Like you talked about in the first interview, you said they go um, hand in hand. So there's probably a lot of people listening who are in both places, Yeah, you know, right now. Um, so what would you say to them in regards to where they're at right now and where God has had you in the last six months? Um. Well, you know, since you brought up the the Hills and Valley song that I talked about last time and I I talked about how that has just been, you know, this gift from the Lord and that he had just will play it for me. I rarely play it for myself. He just plays it for me when I need it. <laughs> and uh, literally the day that I left your house <laughs> after recording and I called Jillian and told her this, I got in my car <laughs> and I turned on the radio and there was something else playing for about 10 seconds and that song ended and then Hills and Valleys came on. Um, and it just was like, oh my goodness, like here we just recorded this podcast. I had podcast. goosebumps then, yeah. I have goosebumps and now. I called you and was like, oh my gosh, I guess, you know, <laughs> we're doing something right apparently. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I just wanted to share that um, because it just was so neat and that, and that has continued to, to be, um, you know, just the cry of my heart yeah. and, um, you know, the, the verses that, um, have really been speaking to me since I found out that I was pregnant, um, are, are in Lamentations 3, um, and, oh gosh, I'm going to cry through all this, um, it was it was really cool. I had some really um, close girlfriends of mine um, make for me, um, you know, it's like the old school mixtape, but it's still a mixed CD, you know, of um, just music to to like sustain me. Hmm. Um, and they gave that to me on January sixth, hmm. um, and I didn't have a chance to listen to it yet over that weekend. Um, and then January 8th was the day that I found out I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so the first time that I actually listened to this CD in the car was the morning driving to work after I had found out I was pregnant. And so here was this CD that they had thought they were creating to sustain <laughs> me and to encourage me. And it turned out to be this amazing act of worship for me in the car. Oh, wow. And... Um, and just the theme throughout the songs and how they did it was, you know, each girl kind of picked one or two songs to put on this CD for me. And hmm. um, and so they weren't necessarily trying to have a theme throughout it. It was just supposed to be encouraging. But I just felt like this constant theme throughout it of great is thy faithfulness. Hmm. Um, 
And what's and I'm gonna read these verses here in a second, but what's neat is that I later shared that with these group of girls, and one of them um, texted me separately, and she's like, "I am crying because when we were doing that CD, that is the song. Great is Thy Faithfulness was what the Lord put on my heart for you." Hmm. Um, and it just was so cool. And so, um, I've just really reflected on these verses. And so it's in Lamentations three and, um, I'll just read this middle chunk, but I would encourage you to go and read it. Cause it's just a really interesting, the whole book of Lamentations is interesting. It's Jeremiah and he's, he had predicted, um, it's right after the Jeremiah. fall been- and, of. I'm in trying now to I'm find forgetting. It this whole time. <laughs> but he had predict he had, you know, prophesied and now he's looking back on this destruction yeah. and he's lamenting hmm. over this destruction of That's his right. city. And and yet right here in the middle of the book, he has this section of worship. And I see this oh, as like wow. a hill and a valley, you yeah. know, like he is not afraid to be in this valley of destruction. He had predicted this destruction and now he saw it and now everyone around him is dealing with this. And yet he, and so he's lamenting the first part of three, he's lamenting and talking about these afflictions and all this terrible stuff. And then he said in starting verse 21, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Mm. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes and let him be filled with insults for the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love for he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men. And I just love that section. And especially when you read it in the whole contents of the book and you're like, oh my gosh, like, and then he goes back to lamenting, but you know, here he is still just saying, great is thy faithfulness and and so that's just been kind of the cry of my heart throughout all of this that, you know, even even in our in my grief, um, and you know, there are still days where I just grieve really hard the child that we lost, you know, mm-hmm. and um and I know there are other women out there who have had multiple miscarriages or have lost a child that they know or, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff and that, you know, you're gonna grieve that. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, how do we worship through that grief? And I think this is just a really awesome yeah, example of that. Yeah. One of the passages that people take um, a lot to encourage others is Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, uh, uh, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and, and to give you a hope in a future. And um, it's the same context of that passage that, you know, we see... Um, Jeremiah seeing complete destruction of the life he has known and seeing his people being taken into captivity that he says both the the verses that Grace just brought up in Lamentations and the fact that, that God has a plan and a hope and a future um, uh, for you. And, you know, that 
does include um, grief, but it also includes the compassion and abundance of um, his steadfast love. Yeah. Yeah. So God brought that passage, you know, to mind. Is there anything else he's been teaching you about um, himself over the past uh, six months? Um, you know, I've just been really <laughs> humbled um, by the support of our community. Mm. Um, and just being reminded, like, God does not want us to do life alone. Mm. Um, and this is, you know, so not about me. Hmm. Um, and I can't wait to, you know, tell this child, you know, throughout their life, like how the Lord was using them Hmm. before they were even conceived. And, um, and it's just been really neat over the past, you know, three months as we've gotten to share the good news with people, um, how many people have said to us, like, this is a direct answer to my prayers. Um, even in specific situations where we've told people and they had specifically prayed that that evening I would tell them that news. And then I did, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's not something that I could have known or planned Mm -hmm. for. And, and that's, that's between that person and the Lord, you know, that, Mm -hmm. I mean, I get to, I get to benefit from hearing that story, but, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but I'm just humbled by that. And I think it's really just showing me with his character, you know, he, he wants us to, to do life with people and he wants us to, to share our struggles. And, um, and, you know, that would just be my encouragement to, um, to anyone who's, who's going through this same struggle or going through something else, to not do it alone, Hmm. um, you know, find, find your people, let Hmm. people in. It's hard to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, for a long time, I only, you know, there was only a few people that knew. And then it kind of got to the point where I was like, you know what, like, this is what I'm going through. Like, this is consuming my life. Like, if you're going to be close to me, you're going to need to know this. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fruits of that vulnerability, I think, have been, um, and once again, that has nothing to do with me. That was Mm -hmm. the Lord just kind of, you know, inviting me to do that and inviting me to let people in and and just getting to see that play out now as we get to share with other people. I mean, I had a friend who lives, you know, halfway across the country, and (laughs) the week I had told her, she told me that just the week before that, she had shared you know, she's in a Bible study on prayer and she had just been sharing with that Bible study about me and asking for prayer for me. And then she got to text those girls and say like, she's pregnant, like, they didn't answer. you know, and, and what she didn't know is, you know, I was already pregnant when she was t- asking yeah. for that prayer. And, um, and so, you know, it's like this ripple effect. Yeah. It was like totally for the, their faith, for the benefit of their faith yeah. that you had, walked this road and, and that story is not just like with them. It's with every single person that you let into that struggle with for that, um, this period of time in your life, they've got to see the Lord work in, in amazing ways. 
yeah that. it's just been really cool to see that and, and like that, I said a humble humbling <laughs> yeah and you got to tell your work recently you've yeah. been having a lot of um like revealed stories I yes, feel lots like of celebrations yeah. So, yeah and even people that didn't know um you know there were people that I mean you know we've been married almost five years so mm-hmm. And not that you can't be married 10 years and not have a kid yet, but, you know, people know my heart of wanting Mm -hmm. to be a mom. So even for people who didn't know what our struggle was, had maybe suspected and, you know, and so it was just neat. And it's been a neat opportunity just to get to share, you know, hey, this is, this has been an answer to prayer. Yeah. um, Even for people that didn't know. Yeah. And I think it's only the beginning. I truly believe that for the rest of your days, Grace, you are going to have this testimony that has been refined by fire, you know, just that that um, you are going to be able to speak into women's life, not just not just with this particular struggle, with, but with many um, different struggles in a way that is unique and um, powerful and will show God's faithfulness. Like, we have so much to look forward yeah, to in, in that way. Wow. Um, so I guess what would you want to tell yourself um, in that first interview, knowing what you know now, what would you say to that um, woman who was sitting at my dining room table? That's a good question. It's hard. I mean, I think maybe I would give myself those verses then, but, you know, (laughs) but I needed them when I needed, you know, when, when the Lord decided to reveal them to me. Hmm. Um, you know, I don't know Hmm. because, you know, looking back, I, I wouldn't, it's not like I am glad that I went through what we went through. Um, but I also wouldn't change it. Um, so I think I would just give myself a hug. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know what I wouldn't I, say. Um, mm. You know, and I, I am looking at notes on my phone. I've kind of kept like a, a little journal, a little, kind of you know, just journal throughout this where when things happen, I just kind of write them down. And, um, you know, something I wrote down one time just after someone had done this to me was I said, you know, don't say to people you can't feel that way or that silly or don't think like that Mm. Um, because it's not helpful. Mm. You know, that's not helpful. Mm. Um, And I think that was said to me, you know, when I was just really struggling with the holidays Mm. and, you know, thinking like how far along I would have been and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And, you know, I know that person was trying to be helpful um, Mm. and out of love, you know, saying, Mm -hmm. oh, you can't think like that. But I was thinking like that. And that was not helpful to be told, don't think like that. And it didn't make me stop thinking like that. It just kind of adds a layer of guilt on on an already difficult situation. Yeah. 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 Like here I am like, okay, now I'm thinking badly, you know? Um, and so that's what I would not tell myself. Mm. Um, I would not, you know, I, I recently, um, was on the phone with a girlfriend who was, going through a traumatic situation and, um, she had just gotten some really difficult news. And, and I said to her, like, you are reacting appropriately right now. <laughs> you know, she was flipping out yeah. and I said, it's okay how you are reacting. Yeah. 
I said, you know, and, and she kind of laughed and she's like, I appreciate that because, you know, someone else had said like, you need to calm down kind of yeah. thing. And sometimes in those moments, like, yeah, you know, you need to calm down, yeah. but yeah. like being told that doesn't help. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes I think just having someone say to you, like, it's okay yeah. to be feeling how you're feeling. Yeah. And it's okay to be reacting how you're reacting. Yeah. And now let me speak truth over you. Yes. Like from the word and mm-hmm. pray over you, yeah. Um, instead of telling you don't feel this way, yeah. And if I could just like have two seconds of being a mental health counselor on here, <laughs> it would be to say like the reason why we need counselors so bad is that we're terrible at at being in those moments with people, because what counselors do is create a safe space for people to have the the reactions that they need to have. And I'll just say, if they don't have them in a safe place, where can they have? Like, if they can't have them with you, where can they have them? Yeah. And what happens, and it's really unhealthy, especially in the Christian realm, is that that will come out, but it will come out in different ways that you don't want it to come out. It will come out as resentment. It will come out as passive aggression. It will come out in other secret, secretive, even sinful ways. Um, When in reality, like look at the Psalms. Mm. Is not the Psalms the place where David goes and, and the other psalmists too? And they are just completely authentic with the Lord. in just how they are in that moment. The Psalms are permission (laughs) for us and encouragement for us to do that as well. Um, You know, when you look at the Psalms, it's not necessarily God saying, this is how you are to be in your life. This is a record of someone talking to God. And then it's God's way of saying like, you can talk to me that way too. Like you can have that intimacy with me too, and you can come as you are. And a lot of times we have the position of showing someone who's walking through something um, that they're safe to do that with God because they're safe to do it with you. Yeah, And that's the point where you can speak that um, truth to them, you know, just yeah. like God will minister to them in that vulnerable space yeah, and time. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to that, this is going to come out around Mother's Day. Hmm. Um, you know, I think if, if you're listening to this and um, you know somebody who is struggling with infertility or has had a miscarriage or has lost a child or has lost their mom yeah. or any of those Man, things. it's a hard day. Um, it's, it's, a a hard, day. it's a beautiful day yeah. and it is a hard day yeah. for so many women. Yeah. And I didn't, real, I didn't realize that <laughs> until... Um, until I had my own reason for it to be hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of hate that, that yeah. I never thought of that. Um, but I mean, literally last year, like I had to walk out of church mm. and go sit in the bathroom and cry because mm. I could not handle it. Mm. Um, so if you know somebody this week um, leading up to Mother's Day and you're listening to this, you know, use that opportunity to you know, reach out to them and just say, like, I see you and speak truth mm-hmm. over them and mm-hmm. don't tell them that they shouldn't be feeling that way. Right. right. Um, and if you are one of those women who is any of those things that I just said that might make Mother's Day hard, like, find me, you know, <laughs> like, find me on Facebook and reach out or, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, something, tell somebody, you know, um, you know, for me, I just, you know, it was important for me to tell my husband, like, yeah. Today is hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, because, you know, I don't think that he would have necessarily thought about it, you know, yeah. um, not because he's not loving and caring. I just, yeah. you know, it's one of those things. And, um, and so reach out to somebody and know that it's okay to be feeling that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that God sees you and that, and that it's okay if you just need to go cry in the bathroom <laughs> exactly, um, or whatever, but yeah. you know, and I think we have the, the opportunity to image the Lord when we are focusing maybe on the 99 that day, if that makes sense, like the 99 sheep (laughs) and like Jesus leaves the 99 to go get the one. Right. So for a lot of times mother's day feels like, uh, looking at all the 99, you know, mothers and all the beautiful ways that they, they mother. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. I think we should. Yeah, for sure. But, But I think, look for the one <laughs> that yeah. needs you to be Jesus to them yeah. today and and go gather them in your arms like he yeah. has gathered you. you it's kind of like reaching out to your single friends on Valentine's yes. Day. <laughs> you know? Yes. It's yeah. like, you know, what are these holidays that are great but can also be really painful? Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I know that we're, you know, coming towards the end of our time and there is, you know, I'm sure I could tell 4,000 other stories, but (laughs) one that I feel like I'd be remiss without telling, um, that just shows like just the Lord. Um, Mm. and like you were saying, like just the Lord knowing our heart and Mm. how he speaks to us, um, in those quiet places. And, um, and so, like I said, the holidays were, you know, really hard for us and, um, or I mean, yeah, for for us, but me, me particularly. Um, and I had had this idea in the back of my head um, that maybe we should get like an ornament um, to kind of commemorate, you know, the baby we had lost. Um, but I didn't tell anybody about this idea. I didn't tell Zach. That's my husband. I didn't tell my mom. You know, I didn't, I did literally didn't, didn't tell Jillian who would be the person I would probably tell, um, didn't tell anybody about it. And, um, maybe two or three weeks before Christmas, um, we were at an Advent service at our church and, um, uh, a dear friend came up to me and she handed me an envelope and just said, Hey, read this when you get home. Don't read it here. And I was like, okay. And I didn't really think anything of it because she sometimes hands me different, like, you know, different things. And uh, so I just put it in my purse. And um, Zach and I had drove separately that night to the service because he had to stay after. So after the service, I got in my car and I decided to open up the envelope in the car to read it. And, um, and this person, um, she didn't, I had never told her that we had had a miscarriage. Um, but I am good friends with her daughter. Um, and I think her daughter had shared that with her as a prayer request, which was fine. Um, you know, I'm very close with them. And so, um, but I had never actually had a conversation with her about this. And she wrote me this note. Um, and in the note was an ornament. And it was specifically to, in remembrance of the child that we had Mm -hmm. lost. And she just put in her note how, um, you know, that she had heard that, that we had had this loss 
and that she just felt the Lord, you know, prompting her to give us this ornament. <laughs> and she had written on it, like, in memory of Baby Jones, 2017. Um, and I just lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, it was like, okay, yeah, Karen's giving me this ornament, but really this is from the Lord. Like he just happened to use her as a vessel. Like he literally like just handed me this ornament, like, cause I had not told anybody about this. Um, and it was just incredible. And, and so I emailed her when I got home and told her that, and told her that that had been, um, something on my heart and, And so we talked about it later and she had said, like, I'm so glad you told me that because it was one of those things that I kind of was like, "Ah, like, that's kind of weird. Should I do that? You know, like, uh, I don't know. She said that's kind of weird, but she was kind of like, I'm not sure if I should do that or not. But she's really trying to just like listen to the Lord's promptings and, um, you know, and, and it just was a clear, like, yes, like she, yes, like that was the Lord telling her to do that. Um, yeah. And I think out of everything, out of all the things that God has been teaching me, like that story will just always just sit in my heart as the Lord speaking directly to me and giving me an ornament. And now every year at the holidays, I'll be able to pull that ornament out. Yeah. And in the future, tell my kids, you know, about it and how the Lord gave me that ornament. Yes. So. Directly. Directly. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I think about like all the prayers that I have just uttered for tender, like loving care for, um, for grace and other women that God has given me to pray for, not just with this, this story, but with so many others, just that, that exemplifies the personal love of Jesus Christ yeah. in a way that I do not know that there's a matching story. I mean, like there are so many, so many, so many stories, but just, um, man, I guess if you are in this position, know that God loves you tenderly and personally. And, um, also from that story, um, just if you feel a call from the Lord to reach out to someone in some way, yeah. say yes. Yeah. Like be obedient because God will bless that immediately. Just like he blessed um, Grace's friend, um, her her willingness and obedience to give her the ornament, but also how he blessed Grace. And the minute that she said yes to giving the first interview – he gives her that song yeah. that ministered to her heart. Um, so just know that that God's plan for you is better than any plan that you would ever have for yourself. And great is his faithfulness. Amen. Amen. That's right. <laughs> I love you, friend. I love you. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, all. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for listening to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. For more resources and encouragement about how to go deep in God's Word, visit us at DaytonWomenInTheWord.com on Instagram and Facebook. May you dwell richly in His Word today, sister.